Want to see the world from a totally different perspective? Ready for provocative conversation, intriguing stories, and inspiration? Then don't touch that dial. Welcome to Talk with Francesca. She'll give you something to talk about all week long. Now, here's Francesca. What if you took the time to really soak it? Welcome to Talk with Francesca. I'm Francesca, your host, and I've got an awesome and super interesting guest lined up today. But before we get started, if you want to chime in or comment on the show or the guest or the topic, send me an email at info at talkwithfrancesca.com. And if you want to learn more about the show, you can also visit my website, talkwithfrancesca.com. This portion of Talk with Francesca is sponsored by Jennifer Powell. If you're starting to notice fine lines and wrinkles, stubborn fat that won't go away, perhaps your body is trying to tell you something. Jennifer Powell RN has just the remedy for you, so you can visit her at jlprn.com to schedule your complimentary consultation today. Jennifer and her team of specialists look forward to helping you understand your beauty from within. Okie dokie. Oh, McSweet's Gourmet Confections. Oh, we have been giving away regularly to the 5th and the 10th emailer this delicious candy. And during this time, (laughs) um, we've got to be careful that we don't eat too, too much of this stuff. But it is absolutely to die for candy. Uh, McSweet's Gourmet Confections just put in the subject line, yummy candy. That's the fifth and the tenth emailer to info at talkwithfrancesca.com. Marianne Carpenter is a local girl. She grew up in Norwell and has been making candy for family and friends for the past 20 years. She participates in local farmer markets, and hopefully that'll be happening soon with this this crazy this crazy environment we're in right now. And um, I can tell you, I have had some of her candy yesterday. And you know, like the old potato chip commercials, you can't just eat one. Well, that's it. So jump on your computers now, and good luck. All right. So the sports bra. Yeah, that's what we're going to talk about. And when Lisa Lindahl, did I pronounce that right, Lisa? Yeah, Lisa Lindahl. Lindahl, sorry. Um, her PR person contacted me. I thought, talking about a sports bar on the air, uh, I don't know. But it's a very, very, inter- <laughs> very, very interesting story. Um, so, you know, the sports bar was and is more than a piece of sporting equipment. It, it has become a symbol and a vehicle for women and girls to propel themselves forward without inhibition towards the future that they're creating. And prior to its inception, the concept of running, jumping, lifting, competing, basically moving anyway dynamically caused reticence. But now we run and move in every athletic space and then some. So uh, we are going to discuss this with Lisa today. Her book is Unleash the Girls. The untold story of the invention of the sports bra and how it changed the world and me. So big <laughs> welcome to you, Lisa Lindahl, and thanks for joining us and talk with Francesca. Well, thank you, Francesca. I'm really excited to be here. Well, I'm glad that we were finally able to to pull it together in this this crazy environment. So um, yeah. yeah, so the sports bra right about now is is really coming in handy for women getting out there in the fresh air and and out of this, you know, being locked in our four walls at home. So, um, but, but, but Lisa, what inspired you to write Unleash the Girls? Well, what a good question, you know, because it is like 40 plus years since I actually 
uh, came up with the idea back in 1977. But I wrote Unleash the Girls for now for two reasons, really. One, as you said, um, it was the first reason. The sports bra has become more than just an undergarment. It has morphed into a, a symbol of women's freedom and and empowerment. Really, it's an iconic, it's become an iconic symbol of, of women's liberation. I mean, what I had considered really simply my first business born of solving my own problem, it's it's gone on to have its own life. It, it's, it's gone totally beyond my involvement and has been creating dynamics and consequences really far beyond my initial vision. So that um, realization on my part really happened when the Smithsonian decided it was an important enough garment and the business itself important enough that they put it into their uh, the National Museum of American History. And that kind of took me aback. Uh, and also... Francesca, I believe that women's stories need to be told, if at all possible, by the women that lived them. And Unleash the Girls is really not just the story of inventing this product. It's the story of three women uh, who came together and were very different people, very different people. And my business partner and I, we had a difficult time together. And it is ironic that a contentious relationship uh, built a, a prospering business that, pardon the pun, it's, that unleashed mm -hmm. the power and the abilities of so many women and girls literally ac across the globe. So it's a story uh, of becoming and um, moving through, literally living through our own vulnerabilities. Mm -hmm. So you said um, that this was born out of you having a need. What was your need? Well, in the mid-70s, um, I started doing what we then called jogging, mm -hmm. uh, which now we know as running. And it was at the beginning of the fitness craze. Um, and I was not an athletic young woman at all. I wasn't a jock, but I started running and discovered that I loved it. I didn't compete. I was not competitive, but running really became actually my first spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. I being outside, smelling the earth beneath my feet, the bird song, the solitude, my own heartbeat, my own breathing. It really, I became friends with my body again, and my body became lean and strong, and it, it was really a powerful thing for me. But my breasts bounced, the straps kept distracting me by falling off my shoulders of, of my bra. I, it was uncomfortable. I had some really nasty chafing. It was the, the lack of a good, comfortable, bra was the one thing that got in the way of those wonderful magical runs mm -hmm. and um and how much were you day, running were you were you doing like a i was running about 30 miles a week back then about five or six miles a day oh wow so you're running quite a bit and 
And one day my sister called me because she she was six years older than I and she had started running and she said, but we are similarly endowed. Mm-hmm. And she said, what do you do for those for your bouncing boobs? Oh, my God, it's so <laughs> uncomfortable. Ah! And I said, I don't know. I mean, I wear a bra that's one cup size too small. But even then the straps stretch out and fall off my shoulders we were commiserating on the phone and she said, you know, why isn't there a jock strap for women? Oh gosh. We thought that was That's so funny. funny. We laughed, you know, and, uh, hung up the phone, laugh, you know, mm-hmm. but I sat down after hanging up the, this is not such a bad idea. <laughs> and I had yeah. gone back to school and had all these notebooks lying around on, on my dining room table. And I flipped one open and sat down and said, okay, what would a bra just for jogging have to do? And mm-hmm. first thing was straps would not stretch out and fall off my shoulders. Yeah. There wouldn't yeah. be any hardware to dig in and yeah. wouldn't chafe and yeah. would, I didn't know you couldn't stop breast movements. So I said it would minimize breast movement. Mm-hmm. And that's how the idea was born. And you said that you had, or do you still have this business partner that you had a contentious relationship with? No, no, we, um, so we ran the business and it was a privately held entrepreneurial endeavor for 12 years. And then we sold, I mean, it grew like crazy and we sold the business to a major corporation after 12 years of running it ourselves. Wow. So what do you do with yourself now? Run, <laughs> run. <laughs> no, you know, unfortunately, my knees gave out mm. in the mid 80s. And, you know, and so I can't run and I'm not a candidate for knee replacement. So mm. oh, it's really well, sad. The, but You know, that's the thing I've, I've often thought about. These runners seem to end up having injuries, you know, knee injuries, mm. hip injuries, uh, you know, so I always hesitate with that kind of exercise. But but anyway, so so what do you do? Um, uh, well, you know, I could give you a pat answer, but, but I'll give you a real Well, because you look like a pretty young woman in your picture. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm in my seventh decade now. Oh, wow. Um, and that picture was taken a couple of years ago, not only a couple of years ago. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, but I am, and I have always been a seeker. That's the real answer. I, uh, I'm a curious person. I, mm. st- I, but when I was, uh, I've all I write, and I'm a visual artist as well, and I have always been curious. So, when, you know, I've been a a business entrepreneur, a writer, an artist. Uh, a consultant, a teacher. So you're plenty busy. (laughs) Yes, yes. So did you ever think that your idea would turn you into being a pioneer? I mean, you know, honored by the Smithsonian Institute and the National Inventors Hall of Fame is is pretty big. Did you ever, ever think it would come to that? Oh, absolutely not. No, 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 really. In fact, I had no idea. And I, after I left the business, you know, we, as I said, we sold it. My partner went on to stay with the new corporate owners for 
seven years and I left immediately. I wanted to get back into the studio and see if I see what, who I was, you know, and, and um, I actually chafed under uh, the name I had earned for myself. People would introduce me, say, Oh, here's Lisa, the jog bra lady. And I would be annoyed because I'd say, no, no, I've done more with my life because I went on and worked um, with the Epilepsy Foundation. I was a board member there. Um, and uh, So you're so, so much more than the sports bra. Um, I started, yes, I started another business. I uh, helped develop a medical garment for, um, a compression garment for breast cancer survivors, um, which is also uh, patented. And, you know, I did a lot of other things and I was always writing and painting. So it's like, no, no. But then I came to realize what I said earlier, that this garment was much more than a solution to my own problem. It was doing things and becoming symbol, a symbolic of women being able to cast aside um, these, the, what the breast, (laughs) there's a chapter in my book called, um, of course, now I'm going to blank on what my chapter is called, but it's breasts and our divine femininity. Mm. Lisa, we do need to take a short break, uh, but when we come back, um, you talk about unleashing it, it unleashed so many women and girls. And so um, I would like to, you know, get sort of a handle on what you actually mean by that. So listeners, stay with us here. Don't go anywhere. This is life, don't miss it. This is Talk with Francesca. I'm Francesca Luca. We'll talk more in just a bit on 95.9 WATD. Located in Boston's North End holds one of our best-kept secrets, Antico Forno, ranked number nine of the top ten Italian restaurants around the world within the category of being one of the most authentic. With a welcoming family feel, it's hard to argue the experience you have when enjoying dinner at Antico Forno. Best known for their brick oven pizza, their world-class traditional cuisine does not fall far behind. Come enjoy dinner at Antico Forno and feel like part of the family. Open daily from 11.30 a.m. until 10 p.m. Call us today at 617-723. Or visit us at AnticoFornoBoston.com. Are you starting to notice fine lines and wrinkles, increased anxiety and fatigue, skin laxity, or stubborn areas of fat that just won't budge despite your efforts? What is your body trying to tell you? With the power of Powell, you'll love the skin you're in. Some of the many services Jennifer Powell offers are Botox, Sculptra, Volume Restoration, laser hair removal, body contouring, and skin tightening. Get to the root of the aging process and back to the best version of you, together. It's a fresh start with the power of Powell because with Jennifer, it is more than skin deep. For your convenience, she has two locations, one in Kingston and her new location in Hanover in Merchants Row. Call 781-605-5699 or visit her at jlprn.com to schedule your complimentary consultation today. Jennifer and her team of specialists look forward to helping you understand your beauty from within. Cobblestone Cafe on Hanover Street in Boston brings casual, on-the-go American fare to the North End, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. 
Open daily at 7 a.m., Cobblestone Cafe offers burgers, barbecue, salads, fries, milkshakes, seafoods, and the very popular Snickerdoodle iced coffee. Delivery and catering are also available. Cobblestone Cafe, 227 Hanover Street in Boston. For more information, call 857-263-8057 or visit them online at cobblestonecafene.com. It's vital for dogs of all ages to have an understanding of socially acceptable behavior. And the folks at A Fox and Hound Harborside understand just that. The dedicated staff is well-trained in a variety of services to enrich your pooch's well-being. A Fox and Hound Harborside offers puppy socialization and enrichment programs to help your new furry friend learn commands and leash behavior. Located on Lincoln Street in Hingham, call 781-385-7369 today. A Fox and Hound Harborside, where dogs go to find their direction. This is life, don't miss it. I'm Francesca Luca, and you're listening to Talk with Francesca on 95.9 WATD. And you're listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm speaking with Lisa Lindahl. She is the author of Unleash the Girls, the untold story of the invention of the sports bra and how it changed the world and me, she says. So welcome back, Lisa. Thank you, Francesca. Thank you. So you said you had never had any idea that it would unleash so many women and girls and it would release so much power and potential in so many others. And, And what exactly do you mean by that? Well, actually, I mean a few things. One is the most obvious, which is uh, how it really did enable so many women and girls to participate more in sports. And that that's happened for two reasons. One, in 1972 was when Title IX happened, which was the um, federal government saying that as much money had to go to women and girls as to boys and men in any federally funded educational institution. That happened in 1972. But that didn't take care of the self-consciousness or discomfort that those girls were feeling uh, before signing up for those teams or going out on the field. The sports bra did that in 1977. And there are actually studies that have been done that show the dramatic increase in the, not only the number of te- women's teams, but the number of girls and women participating in athletics and how it has increased dramatically since then. So that's the obvious uh, impact. The next thing is all of a sudden what has happened is that comfort was number one. Bras traditionally had, were were designed for the breast to be a certain shape. Right. So the clo- I know I'm so thinking the- back at that, you know, like the Victorian times when everything was pushed together and in and those corsets, right? That's what I'm, that's oh. what's, that's what's going through my mind. Also think about the 1950s when the breast was bullet shaped, literally pointy or the famous Rosalind Russell and uh, how Howard Hughes, who was an aeronautic engineer, and he was making this movie and he wanted Rosalind's uh, bosoms to look a certain way. So he developed the cantilever bra, which uh, pushed up so that her glorious globes would uh, be front and center. <laughs> Honest to goodness. So so bras were always about the fashion and how the clothes 
hung and what they revealed and and what those breasts looked like to the male gaze mm-hmm. right that was with, yeah there the only exception bras were never about function they they were about what what things looked like with the exception of the nursing bra mm, right i mean when you think about you know like how a bra was supposed to fit i mean there's a real very specific way to take your measurements even right Oh, yes. And oh, my, isn't that a bunch of hooey? And, oh, by the way. Exactly. You know, but you go into stores, you know, the, these lingerie stores, and, you know, it's all about the way, you know, you, you come across and that you look. And it's like, well, wait a minute, but this doesn't feel good. This feels, un- <laughs> this feels un- uncomfortable. I don't, I don't know. I've never been a big bra person myself, to be completely <laughs> honest with you. It's just like between the, the straps falling down, the, the arms, it's like, oh. <laughs> um, but, you know, the, the old rules um, were disintegrating. And, and um, you know, you say that, that that yours was the first generation to access reliable birth control. Talk about mm. that a little bit. Well, Nine, this the sports bra was born in 1977, but the late 60s and the 70s were a time that was just full of change. All the old rules were changing. Uh-huh. Uh, my generation, I was brought up in the 1950s when you know we were supposed to be nice girls and good girls, and you know what good girls did and what good girls didn't do and and um then all of a sudden that blew up and changed uh and all of a sudden there was birth controls and so sex was uh, having sex was a whole right. was no longer taboo and and it was we were having up, fun not having babies right right uh, it was recreational mm, right <laughs> not, yeah, yeah not pro procreational mm-hmm. and um also, what was expected of women used to, let me just say this. When I was a teenager, um, women were not, were expected, You were, if you were not going, sorry, let me start again. That's okay. <laughs> the definition of success was you were going to get married. And and whether how successful you were was about how successful your husband was, mm. and how how good looking your children were going to be, and what schools they went to, and mm-hmm. right. maybe if you if you had a career, it was going to be as a nurse, a teacher, or a secretary. Oh, and boy. oh, poor you if you didn't also have a husband. Oh, poor you. Well, I, and, I do have to interject here for just one second and share this with you and uh, my listeners that. Um, you know, I, when I graduated from high school, um, I wanted to go to art school. I'm a visual. Oh, art. me too. I'm a visual artist, and, and, and you know, it's funny because um, under my picture in my in my yearbook, it says "From her heart, she speaks." Right. So I ended up doing what I really wanted to do. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so I, I told my father that and mother that um, I wanted to go to art school, and my father would have absolutely no part of that he's like no 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 you are going to go to school and be a secretary you're going to get married and have children exactly well you know I didn't I didn't want to do that so then I decided I was going to go to hairdressing school he wasn't happy about that but and I really 
felt that, you know, that he just, he wanted me to be a secretary and find myself a husband. So about halfway through hairdressing school, I, which was, you know, sort of a, obviously a very creative kind of work, but I ended up dropping out and, um, and then I acquiesced and decided to go to school and be a secretary. I hated it. Oh, me too. I did the same so, thing and I hated it. Catherine yeah. Gibbs. Oh my gosh. Yes, exactly. And so, you know, it was just, it was funny because I was working for the national sales manager of a, a Johnson and Johnson company. And I used to talk to the salesman all the time and it was just so much fun, but I wanted to be out there in the field. You know, right. I didn't want to be taking their orders and talking to them. Oh, it was awful. I wanted to just be free to go, you know? So, um, I love that. I, I love, by the way, the name of your, your book, Unleash the Girls. But anyway, so I just wanted to throw that in because I just had to share that story. It was just so funny about getting married and having kids and, and, uh, being a secretary or a nurse and, and, um, well, Fr- Francesca, we are cut of the same cloth because I was a secretary and I hated having to type other people's thoughts, other people's words it was like well what about my thoughts what about my words exactly exactly oh my gosh so yeah yeah so it's it's really kind of interesting but anyway so I didn't mean to interrupt your thought there but I felt like I just had to get that in there (laughs) well and to really bring it home to young women today you couldn't even get your own credit card right right yeah. And and it was a big deal if you had your own bank account, you know, if you were a working woman and you had your own bank account. Well, do you know how to write a check? Right. Right. I mean, this is the times when we're talking about the late 60s. So. Oh, so yeah. The, 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 the tights and the miniskirts uh, replaced the uh, girdles and stockings. Right. And the bras were exactly burned or the, left the, in the drawer. Right. Exactly. So. So the. So the it was a very different time, and and there was no uh, there was no guidebook being published to replace the old one. It was like, well, so what now? What goes now? If I if sex is okay and my sh- skirts are short and I don't have to get married, and you know what what now? How do I behave now? What's okay now? What's and so. This spurred a whole other aspect of the times, which was the the spiritual evolution. All of a sudden, there were gurus and communes, and mm. and so and, and oh, by the way, a lot of drugs. That's right, I was going to say it did get a little crazy though in that time. <laughs> yeah, it <Right>. did, <laughs> and and people lost themselves um, along the way, and so, the, sometimes they found themselves, and sometimes they didn't. But it was a very volatile time of change not unlike now it's different but we are once again in a time of great change mm-hmm. oh yeah and, and and were you you were afraid I mean these were some very challenging uh, times did you have fears oh of course of course I mean of course like what? And, and, well I'm fond of saying everybody has something you know that you know, every my particular challenge was I, I have epilepsy. I've had epilepsy. I was diagnosed at age four. Oh, wow. So um, I got a double message growing up. One is, oh, you're the brightest and the best. And the other was, oh, no, no, you can't. No, you can't. You can't drive a car. Don't go alone. Don't be alone. You know, take your pills. Did you take your pills? You know, mm. and um, 
so I, you know, I have epilepsy is about having seizures. Not right. everyone right. knows that. Right. And, um, and it's an episodic and kind of invisible disability and has a, still to this day has somewhat of a stigma attached. And so a I stigma in what way? Oh, well, when I married my first husband, Back in 1970, believe it or not, this woman came up to him and at the reception and patted him on the arm and said, you're so good to marry her with her problem and all. Oh, oh. And a lot of people equate that they think that if you have epilepsy, that there's some kind of yeah. uh, mental disability that automatically goes along with it or you know, there's there, there's a great lack of information, um, basically, uh, about it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, about like, the... it's like mental illness, too. You know, of course, I could get right. onto a whole tangent with that is that, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't treat someone um, badly with cancer. But if someone has mental illness, it's, you know, you get annoyed with them, you get frustrated with them, you, you, you know, it's, it's just... You know, it's like, what's wrong with that person? But you well, wouldn't, it, it, but, right? it's taken as a character um, weakness. That's often. right. That's exactly the, the, right. That's right. Yeah, it's exactly yeah. right. But I didn't think that epilepsy had that same kind of label or or um, yeah, yeah. Uh, underemployment and unemployment is one of the biggest non-medical issues for people with epilepsy. Say that one more time. Underemployment mm-hmm. and unemployment oh. is one of the biggest non-medical issues for people with epilepsy. But it is a medical issue, no? I mean, don't you consider that a medical issue? Underemployment and unemployment? No, 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 no. Oh, I see what you're saying. I'm, I'm talking about epilepsy. Yes. I, oh, yeah. Me- yeah. Epilepsy yeah, yeah, is yeah, definitely obviously. a medical yeah. issue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So did you hear that woman say that to your future husband? Oh, yeah, I was standing right there. That must have just ruined your day. No, no, I, I rolled my eyes. Did he? I, I, I hmm. well, yeah, I think so. Well, I he didn't. So. You didn't stay with him, though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, okay, but so let's just go back to the business here. So, when you first wanted to form your business, you sought the advice of your brother-in-law, but you almost lost the business before it started. How did that happen? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, Well, there are a couple of ways that that happened. Um, One is uh, that I almost went with this company called, um, well, a marketing company. And my brother-in-law was being helpful and he signed the papers as if he was in charge. That was the first thing that happened. And I didn't let that happen. So... I stopped that right away, but, and that was not, um, the biggest thing. The biggest thing is that, uh, when I drew up the incorporation papers, the lawyer that drew up the papers neglected to put in a clause saying no shareholder can sell shares to another shareholder without consent of all the shareholders. Uh So when I, you know, I had this prototype and I thought, oh, well, you know, and I thought I'd license it or sell it to a larger company before I realized I was going to end up going into business for myself. And so I issued shares to myself and to my friend Polly and to um, Hinda, who 
had been helpful. And I, it was the seventies where I was a, a weekend hippie and mm-hmm. I didn't want to do any power tripping because to my hippy dippy self, that was power tripping was about being powerful was about oppression. I only understood power being about power over. I hadn't grown up into more sophisticated understandings of power, which by the way, Unleash the Girl talks about and gets into owning our own power in positive ways. Oh, okay. I would love to take another short break, but when we come back, um, I want to hear more about uh, women empowering themselves. So listeners, stay with us here. We will be right back. This is Life Don't Listen. More talk with Francesca coming right up on 95.9 WATD. Looking for an authentic Italian meal in an intimate setting? Then you might just want to venture out to Boston this weekend and dine at Terra Mia Ristorante, a true gem among all those rhinestones in Boston's North End. This cozy tutorial with stucco walls and beam ceilings specializes in creative interpretations of Italian classics. Like the cuisines here, the atmosphere is elegant yet understated. Since opening in 1993, Terramia Restaurante has aimed to convince diners that there's always more to Italian food than just red sauce. Over the years, the innovative and beloved restaurant has done a great deal of convincing, and best of all, it's reasonably priced. This best-kept secret is worth the trip. Call 617-523-3112 or visit TerramiaRestaurante.com. Your pets are family. Take your dog to the Dog's Den in Pembroke. Your furry friend will go from smelling crummy to yummy because Leah at the Dog's Den really cares. Whatever your pet's needs are, from dematting to extra scissoring, the Dog's Den in Pembroke has your furry friends covered. So call the Dog's Den today at 781-826-7008 or visit thedogsdengrooming.com. Are you starting to notice fine lines and wrinkles, increased anxiety and fatigue, skin laxity, or stubborn areas of fat that just won't budge despite your efforts? What is your body trying to tell you? With the power of Powell, you'll love the skin you're in. Some of the many services Jennifer Powell offers are Botox, Sculptra, Volume Restoration, Laser Hair Removal, Body Contouring, and Skin Tightening. Get to the root of the aging process and back to the best version of you, together. It's a fresh start with the power of Powell because with Jennifer, it is more than skin deep. For your convenience, she has two locations, one in Kingston and her new location in Hanover in Merchants Row. Call 781-605-5699 or visit her at jlprn.com to schedule your complimentary consultation today. Jennifer and her team of specialists look forward to helping you understand your beauty from within. Cobblestone Cafe on Hanover Street in Boston brings casual, on-the-go American fare to the North End, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Open daily at 7 a.m., Cobblestone Cafe offers burgers, barbecue, salads, fries, milkshakes, seafoods, and the very popular Snickerdoodle iced coffee. Delivery and catering are also available Cobblestone Cafe, 227 Hanover Street in Boston. For more information, call 857-263-8057 or visit them online at cobblestonecafene.com. This is life, don't miss it. 
Hey, this is James Woods, and you are listening to Talk with Francesca on 95.9 WATD. All right, we are back, and you're listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm speaking with Lisa Lindahl. She is the author of Unleash the Girls, the untold story of the invention of the sports bra and how it changed the world, and herself. Welcome back, Lisa. Thank you, Francesca. So this is wonderful. I want to hear all about this, about women empowering themselves. So tell us more. You say you have a chapter in the book about that? Uh, yeah, actually, it's sort of a constant theme because uh, you were asking me how I almost lost control of the business. Well, I did lose control of the business in the very beginning because um, of my discomfort with being powerful and in power. I um, gave equal shares of this business I had started around this product that I had invented. And one of the um, shareholders bought um, shares from the other partner without my knowing it and declared herself the majority shareholder and being in charge. Oh boy. Yeah. Wow. Ouch. And um, so that argument and I, so I was no longer in control and that argument went on for four years for four years while the business grew like crazy and was clearly being very successful and growing leaps and bounds and being profitable until finally I said enough. You know, finally, I, meanwhile, a lot had, one of the things I say in the book, which is so true, is that unless you are willing to grow personally, to challenge your own insecurities and your own edges Mm -hmm. of comfort and move beyond it, um, your business can't grow, <laughs> you know, and I had, I had to finally look at all the ways in which I had been giving up my own power and not wanting to face these um, difficult things. And so through this confrontation uh, in, um, we re-equalized the shares and became equal shareholders and went forward for another eight years. It. But how did were you able to do that where it was already you know divided unequally? I mean, how how were you able to make that happen? Well, we one of the reasons why we were able to work together and why the business was a success is that we each held the value of personal growth and wanting this business to succeed and the product to get to the women who needed and wanted it, and um, so holding those same um, things to be of value was important, personal growth and the success of the business. And so we did things like we hired a counselor, a couples counselor. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) And did that for a while. We also um, did a lot of um, personal growth things that were available. Remember the times again, Uh early eighties, mid eighties. There were a lot of uh, personal growth uh, courses and seminars available. And we found uh, those people that resonated with us and, and used them. We actually even brought in a firm that we liked and did a, a whole team, uh, everyone in the business, we brought them in to, to do a consciousness raising, if you will, of everyone in the company. It was a 300, what's called a 360 review, uh-huh. 
where um, everybody in the company reviews everyone else. So we had like a, a packer and shipper guy in the back uh, giving giving uh, my partner and I a review. You know, this is what I think of you. <laughs> this is how you could be a better leader for me. This is, you know. <laughs> um, and it was radical for the times. It yeah, was, it I was, was thinking and, when you say that a couples counselor in the 80s, that is pretty radical. <laughs> Right. I mean, that's really, that that's pretty amazing. Um, and I did, a, I did a lot of my own personal therapy. You know, I always have and I, I always will. You know, I think that it's, again, we all have something. Right. You know, it might be being a single parent. It might be a disability. It might be uh, anxiety for, for whatever reason. Right. And pushing through and living through our vulnerabilities is what will mean success and growth. So what little golden nuggets could you give women who are starting business out there to be more empowered? Well, what I just said, of course. Right, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Um, be, be willing to go to the edge of your comfort mm. zone and push beyond it. Uh, and also, oh, very important, always ask for help hmm. and you would be amazed who is willing to be helpful competitors i mean especially when you're starting your own business and and then after asking everybody you know so do you my favorite example so do you think green's a good color for this or how about green how about then you ask you can ask six people and then go be quiet with yourself and decide what you think mm -hmm. is best right Right. You noted in your book that you were not fully prepared to enter the high stakes world of business and power. So, you know, other than you had your weekly therapy, what other mm. ways did um, you say that you were the youngest of four siblings and you were too much of a pleaser and looking to be liked? So so how did you get beyond that? Oh, heck, Francesca, I'm still getting beyond that. Oh, my gosh, I know. It's a life. I, I know. I, I know. I know that. I, unfortunately, I can relate, you know, <laughs> and the, the keyword. I mean, I, the other day I, I looked at someone, I was dealing with something and I looked at someone and I said, when I slapped my thigh and I said, when is this cake baked? <laughs> We do need to take another short break and uh, more listeners when we return. Don't go anywhere. This is Life Don't Miss It. I'm Francesca Luca and you're listening to Talk with Francesca on 95.9 WATD. Tides is beachside dining at its best all year round. Located at the end of the Nahant Causeway, directly on Nahant Beach, the ocean views from the dining room in the pub can't be beat. Tide specializes in casual dining with food that's delicious, not pretentious. On a warm day, enjoy a frosty pint at their bar or their sun-drenched deck on Nahant Beach. Or enjoy an incredible meal in their dining room anytime. Tides guarantees you great atmosphere with superior service. The menu at Tides is full of fresh, high-quality seafood, prime rib, chicken, pasta, and pizza that everyone will love. Check out the drink menu at Tides for fun cocktails, 30 ice-cold beers on tap, 
and their well-rounded wine list with state-of-the-art tap wines. Tides is unbeatable anytime, summer or winter, lunch or dinner, rain or shine. Visit tidesnahant.com. It's vital for dogs of all ages to have an understanding of socially acceptable behavior. And the folks at A Fox and Hound Harborside understand just that. The dedicated staff is well-trained in a variety of services to enrich your pooch's well-being. A Fox and Hound Harborside offers puppy socialization and enrichment programs to help your new furry friend learn commands and leash behavior. Located on Lincoln Street in Hingham, call 781-385-7369 today. A Fox and Hound Harborside, where dogs go to find their direction. Hey, long time no see. You look amazing. Thanks. I just came from my hair appointment with Thomas Negrelli at Rebel Hair Studio. Thomas Negrelli? Yeah, Thomas Negrelli. He specializes in cuts, color, blowouts, braids, and even makeup. I have been thinking about changing up my look. Then call him at 774-404-1872. Could you say that number again? 774 704-404- 404-1872. Thanks, I'm calling him now. Looking for an authentic Italian meal in an intimate setting? Then you might just want to venture out to Boston this weekend and dine at Terra Mia Ristorante, a true gem among all those rhinestones in Boston's North End. This cozy tutoria with stucco walls and beam ceilings specializes in creative interpretations of Italian classics. Like the cuisines here, the atmosphere is elegant yet understated. Since opening in 1993, Terramia Restaurante has aimed to convince diners that there's always more to Italian food than just red sauce. Over the years, the innovative and beloved restaurant has done a great deal of convincing, and best of all, it's reasonably priced. This best-kept secret is worth the trip. Call 617-523-3112 or visit terramiarestaurante.com. This is life, don't miss it. Now, for more talk with Francesca on 95.9 WATD. All right, we are back, and you're listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm speaking with Lisa Lindahl. She is the author of Unleash the Girls, and we're talking about the story of the invention of the sports bra and how it both changed the world and her. So thank you for being with us, Lisa, and welcome back. My pleasure, Francesca. Okay, let's see. Where, Where were we? I had a question to ask you and I lost my train of thought before the break because with this coronavirus everything has completely changed and I'm recording from my home studio and I had to move the dog out (laughs) (laughs) the puppy (laughs) so I'm thinking what was that last question I asked you before the break we were talking about I was telling you that my cake is never baked oh right 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 (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, that's another whole that's another whole show, isn't it, though? Right. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay. well, no. but Oh, I know what it was. We're talking about the high stakes world of business and power and Mm. how you really made it through that. Did you happen to see. um, Do you ever watch Netflix? Mm -hmm. So the the new one there, self-made with Madam Madam Walker. I haven't seen that. Oh, I'm sorry. you have to see that. You absolutely have to see that. Talk about a self-made woman. So, what were some of the things that you practiced beyond, you know, going to the edge, sure, you know, challenging yourself? What other things? Humor. Mm. It's really important to have a sense of humor throughout it all. Mm-hmm. 
because that really helps to put things in perspective and not take yourself too seriously and uh, you know just be able to laugh at at it all <laughs> yeah sometimes we do take ourselves very seriously and um you know we can get really wrapped up in thinking a certain way and i always find it's it's helpful to really take a step back and say well you know really when you know it's it's so old you know like putting yourself in someone else's shoes but you know old advice but it's it really is true you know how, how oh, is that, you know how does that totally person feel right so but you you had a difficult partner for a dozen years and knowing that she operated with different values from you so how on earth did you you or why did you keep being in business with someone that that was so opposite of the way you think well because the business was my baby it was a you know it was both of our babies actually you know we both wanted it to succeed and the other thing is that that difference that how we were so different was part of the strength um because when you're with someone that thinks and acts exactly as you do you don't see the differences so much either you don't see the different side of the problem our difference you know i let me give you an example i started off being very anxious and therefore a perfectionist Mm -hmm. you know how do you do this well i would think of 17 different ways to do something this is part of being a creative problem solver which as a painter you know you look at you you come up with something and you can think of 17 different ways to set up that still life or or put the Mm -hmm. that which color do you use and and so while i would be thinking of 17 different ways to solve a problem my partner would would already have it done and off her desk Mm, you know she just want she just wanted to get it done just kind of black and white yeah yeah and and so between us we would we when we we were able to strike the correct balance often mm-hmm. and we might drive each other crazy with that because sometimes she would be act too quickly and sometimes I would act too slowly. But right. once we, after talking to our couples counselor, which by the way was probably in the first or second year that we were working together, I think the first year we were working together and it only lasted a few months, but it was long enough for us to, take you know the personality tests and talk about what we appreciated and didn't appreciate with each other but to see our strengths and weaknesses and use them mm-hmm. you know so where and and that's what really worked and also to try not to take things personally mm-hmm. that was very important you know mm-hmm. to 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 really try not to take things personally right um, you know, I'm going to just shift here for a second as we're winding down because you are obviously um, an amazing woman with an accomplished career and you've gone through a great deal in your life with epilepsy and a difficult partner. So during this time with the coronavirus, I- I'd love you to share your thoughts on how you think people should be dealing with it and, and actually not just dealing with it, but you know, how, how real do you really think it is? And do you think, do you think it's blown out of proportion? Um, what are some steps that people can take that could help them to, to go through it? I know that's a lot of different questions in one sentence, but you can sort of pick whichever answer you want or pick which other question you want to answer. Well, actually, thank you for this opportunity. I do think that, the coronavirus is a very real thing, mm-hmm. 
and that it that people should be very um, should heed the uh, social distancing and be very careful, uh, and that by doing that now they will it will help keep the curve down as they're all saying. But aside from all that, I know um, I feel that um, what this is is a cleansing. Mm-hmm. You know, it really is. In our culture, in our Western culture, we think of creation, but we don't think of the that to create something often involves taking something else apart. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. to make to make that beautiful green, you're mixing yellow and putting yellow into the blue, and so that blue doesn't exist. You know, you're mixing uh-huh. and matching. You're taking one thing apart in order to create something else. And for for us, we think, oh, it's fine to break the egg to make the cake. Mm-hmm. But somehow it's not okay. Other kinds of destruction are not okay. And I hope this doesn't sound, I don't mean this to sound callous, because I don't mean it that way. Life is uh, has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Mm-hmm. But if we look at physics and at metaphysics we know that there is a cycle Mm -hmm. and we are going through a cycle and we're in a period of change and why on earth would i consider that callous or why would anyone i can't even grasp where how on earth you could think that because because death is involved. Well, yes. And ours is not a culture that um, is too friendly with the concept of death and dying. Right. Okay. So um, hmm, I'm speechless here. So, but so you think this is? What do you think is is trying to be? What What do you think the universe is trying to to create here? Balance. Hmm. More greater balance. What else? Fear. No, 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 no. Fear, fear is a uh, is the universe is not trying to create fear at all. The universe doesn't even know know about fear. <laughs> um, you know? Do you know that the universe is constantly expanding? Mm-hmm. And um, and that requires constant change. The only constant there is is change. Right. Yeah. And we are going through a period of change that is going to be very uncomfortable for many. Many. Are you uncomfortable and, right now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What are, yeah. You, what, are and, you, what are you uncomfortable with? Well, we're all uncomfortable when we're being asked to change in ways that we did not initiate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 I just it's it's interesting mm-hmm. to me that there are so many. I, I, I don't even know how to put this into words, but it's of course this is a really super difficult time, and it's just exasperating. But at some point you know, we have to stop complaining about being stuck in our house or that we can't do what we want to do and look at 
the bigger picture here. And, and I feel that way, you know, that doesn't mean I don't want it to stop yesterday <laughs> because I do, <laughs> because I do, um, you know, because obviously there's many people who are getting sick and, and, um, it's changing the way we're, we're living our lives and everything's come to a dead stop. But I'm curious also, um, what your thoughts are and why the media seems to be creating just this intense, intense fear uh, because because uh, because they're operating on what I call the old paradigm, okay. you know. Frankly, the paradigm is shifting, and it has it has been shifting for a while, but now, but now it is hitting uh, the critical part of the curve in the paradigm shift, and um, it just the media is, is stupid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I won't take it it personally. No, I, you know, I think this, I think it's, it's necessary to, to put it out there that it's something to be, um, certainly the social distancing and being mindful and, but, um, yeah, I mean, the fear is just, just getting completely, um, I mean, I think it's, the fear is frightening, I'll say. (laughs) Well, and here's, here's something I, I would like to say, Francesca, and, um, and I'm really grateful for the opportunity to say this, actually. I believe that we are living through and enacting uh, a new creation story. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is, so we are living through and enacting uh, the mythology of the future. Do you think that we're going to come out stronger? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you think yeah, and yeah. and better because we've gotten we we've we've gotten really out of whack. Absolutely, I'd love to talk more, Lisa, but we are out of time. Listeners, unleash the girls: the untold story of the invention of the sports bra and how it changed the world. It's a great book. Pick it up. Uh, we do need to say goodbye. Hope you enjoyed the show. See you next week, same time, same place. Make it a great week. What if you took the time to really soak it in? Cause someday you're gonna wish you did Like a September morning, like snow without a warning Like how the summer feels upon your skin Sun goes